the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. True, liberating freedom. That's the subject of our time today, here on Times of Refreshing. Free. Freedom. Now, what does that actually mean to be free? Well, Paul tells us about it in Galatians 5. Uh, the real reason or the real meat and meaning behind freedom is that we have been set free from the bondage of sin. That's the subject of our time today here on Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. Hi there, and welcome. This is Times of Refreshing from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. We welcome you to our broadcast and invite you to join us in Galatians 5. That's where we catch up with Napoleon Kaufman now and today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing. The title of my message this morning is, I'm Free. You know, there are three areas that we really have to be mindful of when we come to Christ that that Christ is going to free us in. Number one, God is, when he comes into your life, he, he frees you from the grip of the devil on your life. All of us, in some way or other, whether we realize it or not, have been under uh, Satan's influence. The devil is real, y'all. You know, a lot of times when we see all this stuff happening in the world now, like what happened to San Bernardino and and, and things that are going on, uh, Paris and things of that nature. The thing that it just amazes me when you're watching the television that we know what the people on the television don't know. And that is the devil is behind all of this mess. And he, is, he wants to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to destroy people's lives. He'll lose, use different forms of ideology. He'll use religion if he has to. He'll whatever. He wants to kill people and take them out and use them as instruments of unrighteousness. Jesus Christ, when you read the Gospels, that's one of the first things that he did was he cast devils out of people. He rebuked the devil. He cast devils out of people. And he taught people how to cast devils out of people. And so for us, we have to realize as a church, as part of our mandate to, to set the captives free, but first, confronting the devil, seeing people get free from that. I encourage everyone to go through our freedom prayer ministry because these because a lot of times what we're calling this or that is just sometimes people are struggling with demons that are influencing their lives. And we have to learn that this is what Jesus did. It's the way in which he functioned as he walked upon the face of the earth. And he set the captives free. Can I have an amen? And for us, we see this. We know it, and we know what's behind the things that are going on. Number two is, is, uh, is the world. The influence of the world upon humanity. Uh, cultural bondage. 
You know, obviously, all of us, there are certain things about culture that are good, but then there are certain things about culture that are, that are, um, that are not good. And they're, they're, they, they stop the move of God in our lives. We have to watch it, that we do not become worldly, that we don't make our decisions based on what the world is doing or what everyone else calls popular or we don't allow the world to, to establish our standard. God has a standard for his people. He has a standard that he's outlined through his word. And so you can be popular but wrong. And for all of us, we want to make sure that we don't allow the world to influence us in a negative way. And that doesn't mean that you can't have nice things and enjoy yourself and, and blah, 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 blah. It just means that when the world is trying to get me to do something that is contrary to God's will, I refuse. I refuse to conform to the world's ways. Can I have an amen, y'all? I refuse to conform to the world's ways if it's contrary to what God has established. And so the world has people in bondage. People just do whatever the world, the rest of the world is doing. And we can't jump on the train with everyone else. we got to stay in tune with God and His purposes. And the last thing is our flesh. You know, Jesus comes, He frees us from our own flesh, our own sinful propensities, desires, sways, pulls, that there is an enemy in me that I have to allow God to kill every single day. I have to deny myself Take up my cross and follow him. I have to deny the old Napoleon Kaufman. We cannot feed the old us. We have to make sure that the old us, every day, we're, we're denying him and we're, we're putting him to death every day. That we're not feeding him. If you don't feed him, he won't survive. Stop feeding your flesh. And for all of us, we have to see this. Our old nature is contrary to the will of God. That's why God gives us a new nature. And we learn how to navigate and to get free when it comes to this. One of the things that we're going to see here that's important is, even from a religious standpoint, if we're not watchful, we can create a form of bondage. And Apostle Paul, he addresses this in Galatians chapter 5. Verse 1, it says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of what? Bondage. I indeed, he said, Indeed, I, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. And I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised, that he is a debtor to keep the whole law. Somebody say whole law. Now, this is important because what he's addressing here is a system that was created um, as a result of the Mosaic law being released that ultimately led to bondage. And for all of us, it's important that we see this. When the Bible talks about law, it's not just talking about laws, you know, or rules. He's talking specifically. When you read Apostle Paul's epistles, he's speaking specifically about the Mosaic law. And he's also speaking about 
laws that had been added on to the Mosaic law um, that God himself had not even established. And so well, people were taking the Mosaic law, and because they wanted to control people even more, they were adding more laws to the Mosaic law, so they basically created their own law. And for us, we have to see this as, as very, very important. God is not against rules. He's not. And we have to stop saying stuff like this, and, and we have to stop preaching as if God, God is not against rules. You read the epistles. It's full of stuff that God says to do and not to do. Jesus said a bunch of stuff to do and not to do. God's not against that. The, the issue here is, as we see very clearly here, is that God had established something new. But these individuals kept wanting to go back to that which was old and camp out around that which God had abolished or was quickly vanishing away. They wanted to go back to that which was familiar to them instead of walking on with God and that which was new. And, and for us, it's the same thing. Anytime you have legalism, you have an issue. And sometimes even as church people, we can create this kind of dynamic within our own hearts or in the church, and it's contrary to what God has established. Now, if you have personal preferences, don't make personal preferences the rules. It's just your personal preference. Some people, you know, some people in the church, they only want to wear dresses. That's fine. Well, praise the Lord. But don't tell somebody that's wearing pants that they're not living holy. Well, now you got to watch how tight your pants are. Because you don't want to show everything. Can I have an amen, y'all? I mean, because that, there's a modesty element to it also. But, 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 but even with dresses. Well, and, and if you're a man, it's the same thing. Don't say, well, brother, you know, and you come in here in a muscle shirt. Well, what I'm saying is, is that you can, you can err on either way. And so you want to make sure that your personal preference does not become a, uh, a, a way of, of dictating to someone else what's right. All of us should be modest in our lives. That's what the Bible says, okay? But the, the problem that we have sometimes with church is it becomes legalistic when we start trying to add on to what God is saying. Well, these individuals wanted to go back to circumcision, and the law of Moses, and all these things, when Apostle Paul is telling him that, that you, and he's going to say it here, you've been freed from these things. He says, stand fast in the liberty with which Christ has set you free, and do not be entangled again by the yoke of bondage. This is what he's telling them. Stand fast in the liberty that God has established. Don't go back to that which man has overtaken. Stand fast in the liberty that God has established. He says in verse 3, And I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised that he is a debtor to keep the whole law. If you're going to just do a little bit of the Mosaic law, God is going to require that you do the whole thing. You got to do the whole thing. And it's impossible to do the whole thing. He says, You have become estranged from Christ. Look at verse 4. 
you who attempt to be justified by the law of Moses. You have fallen from grace. This tells me there's a possibility that you can fall from grace. You can be in grace, but you can fall from grace when, you, when an individual begins to add stuff on that God has never established. Or hold themselves to a standard that God has never established. And then try to hold other people to a standard that God has not established. We have to be very, very sensitive about this. Look at verse 5. For we through the Spirit eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness, he says, by faith. For in Christ Jesus, Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything, but faith working through what? Love. You ran well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion does not come from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. I have confidence in you, in the Lord, that you will have no other mind, but he who troubles you shall bear his judgment, whoever he is. Who's, he who established this, and he's talking about the Judaizers that were coming along behind his ministry and saying, yes, you're a Christian, but now you have to keep the Mosaic law also. Apostle Paul tells them that they're going to bear their judgment, whoever they are. And I, brethren... If I still preach circumcision, why do I suffer persecution? Then the offense of the cross has ceased. I could wish that those who trouble you would even cut themselves off. Ooh. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Now watch this. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the what? Flesh. But through love serve one another. For the law is fulfilled in one word. Even this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed, he says, by one another. Apostle Paul is addressing this legalism head on. He's establishing the truth in regards to what God is requiring all of us. We don't want to go back to forms of legalism. We want to understand what the true liberty that Christ brings is all about. And, and a person, and this is also a manifestation of the flesh, he says this, when we start adding to God's system, we start adding to God's requirement, we want to meet him at his point of, of uh, you know, of relationship with him. We want to meet him at that spot. We don't want to add other stuff on that can create more confusion. Now, let me say this, as a church, there are certain things that we're going to do here at the church that are cultural and that are a part of culture, but it doesn't contradict God and his standard. We may say things, you know, that we, we, we like to do here in terms of our services and stuff like that to maintain order here at the church. It doesn't mean that it's law. It doesn't mean that a person's going to hell if they don't do it. You know, we start our service times at a certain time. That doesn't mean that if we started wanted to change it, doesn't mean that something's wrong. Or if another church does it a different way. You know, in this church, I say this all the time, our deacons and ushers and stuff, they don't wear white gloves. That doesn't mean they're not anointed. Can I have an amen? We don't have a section in the church for the mothers and their hats and everything like that. It, it doesn't mean that we're not saved. That's tradition. People do that. Praise God. I don't have a seat up here on the platform. 
It doesn't mean that I'm not saved. It doesn't mean that the people that do have a seat up there, I mean, who cares? I just won't, I don't want a church. I don't want to sit up here. Can I have an amen? It doesn't mean that I'm not, that I'm not holy. Sometimes I preach in a robe. Sometimes I preach in a closet, clergy closet. Sometimes I say, you know, I'm tired. I want to, I want to go in my jeans today. I'm still anointed. Can I have an Amen. Now, if I came up in here in a muscle shirt and all this other stuff, and now you can look at me a little cross-eyed, like, where are he going? But, but what, I, what I'm saying is, is personal preference stuff. And we have to make sure that that's not, that's not a salvation issue. Okay? And Apostle Paul, he's, he's dealing with Judaizers because they were trying to say this, and they were trying to magnify their flesh. Look how many times we pray. Look at what we do. You guys aren't living right. And you guys need to keep the Mosaic law. And God, through his grace and mercy, he established something new. This is what he's addressing in Galatians chapter 5. Let's go to Romans chapter 6. Let's see what Apostle Paul says here. Romans chapter 6. My mic is doing pretty well, isn't it? Can y'all hear me way in the back back there? Praise the Lord. Where's Deacon Roger at? I got to give him a shout out. Boy, service not over yet. I'll I'll give it to him at the end. Romans chapter 6, verse 15, on down to 23. Apostle Paul, he says this. He says, what then? Shall we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? He says, certainly not. And I think this is the issue. The end of this age, what we're going to see more than anything else is lawlessness. People just doing whatever they want to do in the church. And saying, well, I'm free to do it. That's not the true liberty that God has established in the house. God still has do's and don'ts. And grace, and I was sharing this with the team last night. Grace is not... A license to sin that just because you are under grace does not mean that now you have a free, a free reign to live like the devil. So part of the problem that we have in the church, we know we're not supposed to be legalistic, but we also have to know that we're not called to be lawless. And that sin, sin is rampant within the church. People are just doing whatever they want to do. Pastors sleeping with the people in the church, people doing this, people on the worship team doing stuff. I mean, people don't care anymore. And then we have the nerve to say, God knows my heart. God does know your heart. It needs to be changed. You can't live like the devil and just go to church and praise him. God, he died. Jesus died to set you free from the devil. To set you free from the world. And to set you free from your flesh. This way he died to liberate you from that. And grace does not give us access to more lawlessness and sinfulness. It doesn't make us legalistic, but it doesn't make us lawless either. And we want to get this in our spirit. That man, I'm coming to Jesus. And he wants to set me free from my flesh. I got to tell myself no. I got to tell the devil no when he tries to tempt me. And that grace does not give me access to to, to riotous living and worldliness. I can't be in the club on Saturday night and in church on Sunday morning. 
I can't be in there uh, doing the cabbage patch and smoky ballrooms and drinking my tequilas and, and doing all this stuff and then come to church and, and, and feel like God doesn't care. But this is a culture that has been created around Christianity where people just, well, I'm not, man, get rid of your legalism, brother. I'm, that's not legalism. You got to live holy if you're going to walk with Jesus. Jesus is going to work on you every day. You have to stay on the potter's wheel and let God clean you up. Or what did he free you from? I was one of those guys. I, did, I didn't grow up in church and everything, but I, but I was around church. And I can remember when I was, even before I had given my life to Jesus, I would wear a cross while I was at the club. My cross. I'm going to tell the truth and shame the devil. Listen, but the cross, what the cross did, they don't mean nothing. This thing has got to be on your heart. Can I have an amen? It's got to be on your heart. You can have an I love Jesus bumper sticker, and it doesn't matter anything. We got we to gotta take this and allow God to cleanse our hearts and to, and to really do, because he's not called us to lawlessness. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law but under grace? Certainly not. Watch this, saints. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey? You are that one slave whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to what? Righteousness. My obedience leads to righteousness. My, my finding God's standard through his word and meeting God there and God giving me the strength and the power to meet him there. My obedience, it leads to righteousness. But if I continue to subject myself to the flesh, to the world, and to the devil, I'm just remaining in bondage, even though now I just go to church. Verse 17, but God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, somebody say were, you are no longer a slave to sin. You're not. Don't let your flesh trick you into thinking that you still have to be subject to it. Don't let your flesh uh, give it no. We have to learn to take authority over us. Learn to tell ourselves no. Turn, tell our flesh no. That I am not going back to the world. I am not going back to that kind of lifestyle. That I am alive in Jesus Christ. He died for me and gave me power over my old self. We got to learn to speak to ourselves. Tell ourselves who we are now in Christ. You are not a debtor to the flesh. You don't owe your flesh anything. You're no longer a slave to sin. You're not. You're just not. And I don't care what any theologian says. I don't care what anybody says. I read this Bible right here. And it says, but God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. We need the doctrine of the true doctrine of God, Christ that tells us that you can be set free. Well, you're just a sinner, bro. For the rest of your life, you're just going to sin and you're going to live that kind of, it's just going to happen. It's just, no, 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 no. It can happen, but it doesn't have to happen. I don't have to live like my old self anymore. 
I don't have to do what I used to do anymore. I don't have to live that type of lifestyle. I can, I can do what's right in the sight of God because God gave me the power to do what's right by His grace. So this is, we have to learn this. We've got to get the true message that comes from, from the Word of God. And that is, you're not a slave to sin anymore. You're not. And when people try to entice you to do sinful things, tell them, I'm not, that's not my lifestyle anymore. Come on, man, don't, ain't nothing wrong with this. You just trying to be holy. That's right. He said, be ye holy for I am holy. I'm, I'm trying, I'm, I'm going to submit myself to God. I want him to make me holy. I don't want to live the lifestyle that I used to live. Well, you're going to have no friends. Well, praise the Lord. I can't hang out with you. You two, you trying to live right. Yeah, that's right. Girl, why don't you let, can I come over? No. See, I didn't get a lot of single ladies saying no. I, I didn't hear a lot. I didn't hear a lot. Of, I didn't hear a lot of single ladies say no. <laughs> this is what, and so what happens is because we're not slaves anymore to sin. Well, thank you for joining us for Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. This program is the production of The Well Christian Community. And we pray today's broadcast has blessed you and has encouraged you in Christ. If it has, would you take a moment and let us know? There are several ways that you can contact us. First, by mail. The Well Christian Community. Address your envelope to 2333 Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore. The zip code is 945 You can also stop by our website, learn more about us, and drop us an email, thewellchurch.net. That's thewellchurch.net. And then, of course, by phone, 925-292-7800. That's 925-292-7800. As you visit our website, don't forget to look for the link to our Facebook page. And if you're on Facebook, simply search The Well Christian Community. You can even follow Pastor Napoleon on Twitter with the address at Napoleon Kaufman, all one word. Until next time, may Jesus Christ be highly exalted in your life and may he bring you a peace that passes all understanding. Understanding.